create with Fran Sydney. Hello everyone and welcome to the show. This is Fran Sydney and today we're going to talk about a very interesting topic which is how to find the formula for self-healing for regeneration after traumatic events and we're going to talk about this with a very good friend from Florida and her name is Karen Hill. Welcome to the show. Thank you Franz, it's nice to be here. So I would like to hear your story and it's a story of tragedy and loss and, and loss and hope and we want the public to understand that this is possible, that it can happen to anyone. We can all go through trauma and we can all heal but sometimes there's a lot of misunderstanding in the medical profession you know they study they know everything but they might just go through the chemical route without actually knowing what's really going on in our minds so the power of thinking is so important in this so let's just tell us your story we're going to spend a few minutes telling us what was going on and then a few more minutes saying how you solve the issue and then in the end we're going to tell you guys in the audience what can we do if we've been through trauma and we don't want to go through the same steps in, in the wrong order so if we want to actually get better what is that we want to do? So let's do this in order. You start talking. I'll be here just listening for a while. All right. Thank you, friends. Um, yeah, my story started 10 years ago. Uh, my husband was tragically killed. He was actually murdered. We'd been married for 36 years, and I got a phone call one night. I happened to be out of town that he had been murdered. And what that did for me was instantly threw me into traumatic shock, first of all. And the traumatic shock turned into traumatic stress, in which we've all heard of PTSD. And so when I had this, what it, how it manifested for me was in the, you've heard of the fight or flight, and my, I, my system was in that, the flight, you know? And so what happened was that my nervous system was so on alert that my heart rate was running up to 150 to 200 beats a minute and wouldn't, wouldn't regulate, wouldn't go back down. And this was 24 hours a day. I was in this 200 beats, uh, 200 heartbeats a minute, which is the equivalent of like if you've ever ran a really fast race and then you stop and you, your body has stopped, yet your heart rate is still pounding out of your chest. And so this was what was going on for me. Or the another analogy is like you're stuck in a nightmare. If we've all had a nightmare and, you know, your heart starts racing and you can't get it under control, yet you're, you're sound asleep in your bed. So my body was perfectly fine, yet my heart rate was out of control. And so I go to the doctor because I had no idea how to regulate I thought, I'd, you know, go to the medical doctor. And all they did for me, they said that they could put me on SSRIs and antidepressants. And since I don't take a lot of medicines, it actually made it uh, so much worse. So, you know, and the heart rate still hadn't regulated. It still wouldn't go down. And so this went on for about four months. And what they, the next time I went to the doctors, as I following up with them, um, they told me that they can't do anything for me because this is in my head. The, the stress, the, the thought of how my husband was killed is in my head, which was regulating my heartbeat so fast and, and making, keeping me in this fight or flight. And what they told me, which was the scary thing is they said, they can't do anything for me until I have a stroke or go into AFib. And so they said, go home and you will either have a stroke or AFib and then come back and then we can help you. 
And that, I mean, that was the lowest point where when medical doctors um, that you're going to to get some help because there's obviously something wrong, tell you that it's all in your head and they can't do anything for you, but your body will eventually wear out. It's like having your foot on the gas pedal of your car while it's parked. You know, it can only go that fast for so long and then there will be a problem. And when they told me that, I talk about despair and, you know, all hope was lost. I didn't know where else to go, what else to do. I started going to um, therapists and talk therapists and things. Nothing was helping. And then late at night, one night, I literally sat up in bed. It was two in the morning and remembered that I had three years prior had learned a little bit about hypnosis and NLP. And because of the stress, because I was in the stress when my husband was killed, I forgot, because you're not thinking straight, that I even knew this, that I knew the body and mind connection and how the mind controls the body. And when I remembered that, I did a self-hypnosis about a 20-minute, quick, little, silly, almost imaginary type um, uh, of, of um, technique in my mind and shifted the whole idea of how he was killed, the thought of how he was killed from a bad picture to a good picture, you know, in my subconscious. And when I woke up the next morning, my heart rate had gone back to normal, had regulated. So what I did for myself in that 20 minutes using my mind, what doctors couldn't do for me, what literally sent me home to, to die, to come back when, you know, when I had a, a serious problem or, you know, um, a stroke or AFib, which would lead to death. So it was, the, it was in that moment that I realized that we all have this power that is in our mind because our thoughts, our, our thoughts control our actions, our thoughts control our body. We do have this mind-body connection and our physiology controls our, our psychology, you know? And so with my heart rate beating that fast, there was no way I could even think straight. But once I realized that because I knew how to regulate through my mind what was going on with my body, that I needed to eat, both study it more. And so this is where this 10 years, this last 10 years, I've, I've educated myself and gone back to school as far as gone in depth into hypnosis, in depth to in NLP, in depth into coaching, in depth into all the mind-body connection techniques that are out there so that I can help my clients get out of anything that is stuck in their mind, you know, whether it's anxiety or panic or uh, trauma, anything that they're needing to regulate their body through, it can be done through their mind. Absolutely. What a message and it's really powerful and the body has a big influence on our mind and the, the mind influences the body. None is one, you know, they're not separate things, they're connected, you know. And this connection is massive and you can tell even if, if we're just watching a show on television and it's, it's a scary movie, you know, I don't watch horror, but I remember when I was young, we did watch it quite a few because we were not aware of the damage. And it was so obvious, you, you have your heart beating fast and, and it will continue after the movie, you're terrified, you look around, you're really tense, you know, you feel this something on and then you have to do something to get this feeling to escape you. It sounds physical and obviously, if I took a medication, what would be the point? My thoughts are in my mind. The fear is there, it has to find a way out. 
you know so I'm you're fortunate that you you remember that Correct. you know it was like divine inspiration that came to you and and you yeah I only remember right but it's interesting that I only remembered it because three years prior to my husband being killed my mom my mother had developed cancer and she was totally healthy and we ended up going to the the oncologist the cancer doctor and she had to start with going into a MRI and she started having a panic attack she was claustrophobic and she didn't even realize that she'd never been in one before and that she had a male nurse that talked to her for a few minutes and pretty soon just by talking to her and actually calming her system down, she was fine and went in there. And so I asked him what he, he had done. You know, it took about five minutes and she went from a panic attack to laughing. And it was a form of hypnosis that, you know, through this conversational hypnosis, he was able to actually calm her whole nervous system down. So it was turned into a pleasant experience. And that's where, that's when and how I got interested in hypnosis and NLP at that point. But because my mom went into remission, I didn't do anything with it. I learned how to do it, but I, I forgot that I even knew it. I didn't practice it. I didn't do anything with it. I was just going to use it to help her through the cancer treatments and through the anxiety of that. And so that is why when my husband was killed, at first I didn't even remember that I knew the power of the mind and what was going on. That is such an experience and also do you know what it reminds me it reminds me that um, there was a TED talk about MRI machines probably 10 years ago or less and there were people they were terrified of going inside these machines especially children and so some people in a hospital probably in the States decided what if we change the story and so they had some specialists coming in and they made it so the MRI machine looks like a pirate ship and then they told the story to the children, telling them that they were going to be an adventure and they're going to hide from the pilot. They had to be very quiet, very still, so the pilot wouldn't find them. And in the end, they're going to get the treasure and all sorts of stuff like that. And so the children that before they were screaming, they did not want to go in. Now they went there all quiet and all eager. And then when they came out from after finishing the scan, they were like, oh, when can I come, come back to this? It's so good. And so it really shows how we can, just with metaphors and changing the mindset, we can change how we feel. Because it is just the thought in our mind that is creating the fear. And the thought isn't even there. I mean, it's not even real. So it's just a thought that we're making up that, that we're... Yeah. How do you apply your knowledge to, for example, a person that has panic attacks? For example, they think, oh, if I go into the car, I know that I'm going to have a panic attack and as soon as I get to the car, I feel and I hear in my, my voices, what would you do about it? For, for a panic attack, my favorite technique, you know, there's, if we go back into the therapy and we go actually go into the hypnosis, that it, we can eliminate that because we get down to the root cause of what's causing that. But in the moment somebody is having a panic attack, there's a very simple grounding exercise, you know, with five steps. You know, look around and say, what are five things that you can see? What are four things that you can hear? What are three things that you can um, touch? What are two things that you can smell? You know, and what is one thing that you can taste? 
And when the, you can stop and actually refocus your mind instead of the, they're in the panic of what's going to happen, the what if, you know, the, all the negative things that start rolling with the, when they get into the what if, you know, and the panic attack starts, that you can actually stop in the moment. And that is in the moment to get out of a panic attack. And then and to get down to why they're even having the panic attack, that's when you would have the therapy and get down to the root cause of what's even causing that. Yes, and wise words. That's what I also use. You know, they're, they're also like the three R's, you know, the five piece, whatever. As long as we're distracted because our brain is not capable of focusing on hundreds of things at the same time. So either we are thinking about, oh, what are the things I can touch now? Or we're thinking about, oh, if I enter the school today, I will have a panic attack. So we can't focus on both. We, we're not as multitasking as we assume. I was reading in your biography that you are a leading neuroscience coach and you help executive women over 40 who are moving through major transition, reconnect and take positive action on deepest wisdom. So you're actually helping a very particular segment of the population. A transition, what's the connection between transition and trauma and how does hypnosis help? The transition and the trauma, right, because there's that self-doubt. And a lot of times what I've found, which is so interesting, is that so many people that I've spoken with, and probably you have as well, they have early trauma in their life that they it becomes a, you know, they're taught basically that they're not good enough. I think it's probably one of the biggest factors that uh, men and women have, but women in particular, that they're not rich enough, smart enough, thin enough, tall enough, you know, they're not good enough at something. And generally it happens from some type of a trauma that happened when they were very young. And it was programmed into them. It was, you know, instilled into them a belief about themselves. And this is where, when we get down to the, you know, the what the real problem is, is happening, it, a lot of times it comes from something that happened in an early childhood that was traumatic. And trauma doesn't have to be a big trauma. It doesn't have to be a murder. It doesn't have to be a car accident. It can be somebody telling you something. You know, it can be somebody bullying you. It can be somebody... Um, giving you uh, advice about yourself that isn't true, you know, a, a belief system that isn't necessarily true. And this is where I find that the transition and the trauma are attached. I totally agree with that as well, because trauma is not what happens, it's how we perceive it. What does it mean to us? So the same event right. to, to two different people can totally mean a completely different thing or not impact this person in the same way so it is really what's happening in our mind that makes a difference and also have you noticed something in trauma that sometimes we become very attached to our label i'm a xyz survivor and we see ourselves as survivors for 20 years and um, don't we want to thrive and not just survive and sometimes this, this label can be very calming and soothing, but we want to do more than just survive the fact that we've been hurt. The fact that we've been hurt, it was terrible, but it's in the past. And I see that you help people to move forward. So I would like to help to ask you, not to help you, <laughs> I can't help you to do this, but I would like to ask you, what is the best way if you are over 40 and you are 58, so I'm past that stage now, but let's say, if you are over 40 and you want to move forward with your life, maybe your relationship is not working, or there isn't a relationship, you still haven't found anyone, 
or maybe your job is you know one of the things you hate completely but it's really dawning on you that you haven't lived the life you want so you need a transition maybe you've been just left home there is no job anymore and then you know your husband left or your children left and now you are an empty nester with nobody in the house and you realize oh i want to change but i feel really stuck and and i hear this little voice via negative committee as i love calling it telling me all the time you can't do this and you can't do that and i will fail you know how many people do not have and and every time you think about embracing this hobby something you like when you were young um, and trying new stuff, meeting new people, trying a new job, you feel the heart racing again. Any suggestions for this problem? Right, it, it's becoming aware of what's going on is the, the first step. And because awareness, you know, that um, I, in fact, I help a lot of women with that are stuck in these patterns. And what you said earlier about, you know, our belief system that becomes our story, whatever our trauma was, whatever our past experience was, becomes our story, right or wrong. It becomes our truth and that becomes our identity. And people will fight to the death for their identity, whether it's real or not. And so the first step is really finding out. And if it is true, you know, is that belief true? And then it's, it all starts with a conversation, you know, it starts with a conversation of uh, once they become aware of it's something that they want to stop, that they feel stuck, that they feel that they're there, they can't go forward, they don't know what's wrong, but they know something's wrong or they're, they're like you said, they're repeating patterns, you know, um, the same guy, different face, different place, but the same abusive, usually negative uh, relationship problem that's happening. And so it's once they get to that point where they become aware of it and we have a conversation and through the conversation, we find out what is starting to go on as far as what the real problem is. And we go from there. So we have to start by having a conversation, by making an investment in time, in really thinking I deserve to get this life. You know, life is not over at 40. Life starts at 40. For me, it started at 50. You know, when my divorce happened, I was like, huh. Now I have to rebrand everything again, I have to restart and I have to redesign my life and, and I chose again different qualifications, different courses, I became an NLP coach, then I done hypnosis, I went back to arts, all things that before I somehow couldn't do because there was this block and I managed to unblock everything, I had so many sessions, you know, RTT people, NLP people helping one another, it was amazing, but I realized that a lot of people think that using a coach or a hypnotherapist is something like for the gurus or it's not for the masses it's for like oh you guys are full of jargon what would you say to a person that thinks that this is too far-fetched for them that through the conversation i really explain how the subconscious mind works because that is where all the problem is stuck is the subconscious mind because you know these are usually very smart women that i'm working with and they have these problems and I, I will tell them that because they've tried everything else and it still isn't working, then that leads to know that it's not something consciously that they can fix because if they could have fixed it by now, they would have, you know, they went to all the self-help books, they've done all the, you know, the, the, the courses, you know, to, to try and fix this on their own. And once they finally realize that they can't do it on their own, and that's where I start with this uh, uh, talk or a, a chat about how the subconscious mind works, because that is why they can't do it on their own. 
Yes, uh, unconscious and logical thinking are very separate. So sometimes we might be saying, but I try everything, but actually we haven't. There is something we're holding on to, and we sometimes have the lovely secondary gain where we think that uh, we're not doing something and we're not healing because, and there is an external reason, sometimes subconsciously we think, no, you can't have that because if you do have that, you're going to lose up this benefit. And so I'm going to keep you stuck in that position. You're going to self-sabotage all the time. And it's an automatic, vicious cycle, isn't it? Right. Because we all have blind spots and we can't see our blind spots. And I do tell a story about a man that I worked with a man that came in and he was in his early 50s and he wanted to, he was a very successful businessman and he wanted to start a business on his own. He had always worked with other people in his businesses, but every time he tried to start this business on his own, um, he would fail and he would, um, he would go to the bank and he would sabotage himself. He couldn't get this started on his own, but through the hypnosis, because he couldn't see what, what the problem was. He didn't know what the pro why was he successful with these men, but he can't do it on his own. And so through hypnosis, we found out that through his subconscious, that when he was a very young child, all the kids in the neighborhood got bikes for Christmas and his father was too busy. All the other fathers helped the little boys put their bikes together. His father was too busy. Um, and so he tried to do it on his own and he's, he started off on his bike and he fell down because the bike, it, he didn't put it together right. And so everybody came over and rushed to his aid and it humiliated him and his father still wasn't there. And it wasn't until he realized that, that any time in his life going out on his own, in his mind, he thought he would fail. And it all stemmed back to this early childhood memory that he had no conscious recollection of until we went through the hypnosis. And that was, that was the thing that changed everything, realizing that we have things inside our subconscious that are, are keeping us from getting doing anything in, that we want to do or keeping us stuck in a lot of regards that we don't have... Um, we don't have any control over because we don't even know what they are. They are blind spots. And I think that is one of the biggest things that we do is we help people see past their blind spots so that they know where they're stuck and how they can move on. It is true. Blind spots, I know I have probably a thousands of them and, and that's why it's so useful to talk to other people like me who do this change work, we call it, and, and actually realize, oh yeah, there is something here that I haven't really noticed or you know i've been overlooking and just like a person who is in fight or flight or too anxious about something and we're asking them what is that you can notice now that is not the anxiety or the fear what else can you notice and um, in our life many times we are so focused on the catastrophe that is down the corner or on what can go wrong on whatever, or we're comparing ourselves, you know, we're never good enough, tall enough, thin enough, whatever, you know. You live in Florida, the beautiful place where all these beautiful, eternally young people can go to the beach, look amazing up to the age of 100. How is that possible? You see all these people and you go out and think, oh, I can never be on video. I was literally today in a forum when a business person was saying, I got this job and I tried for three years and I can't get any clients. And it was a good type of job, like, fantasy based but working for people and then um, she presented herself as a person that can never be 
in a in a business they have a face the business has to be faceless because and she's like 40 uh, you know she was thinking well i cannot be on video because nobody wants to see me on video because i'm too old and not pretty enough so I, I do not put myself forward so the business is finished and i have to go and get a job and her voice is like a voice of hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of women who think that to make business to have success they have to be young thin slender with a perfect skin and all the attributes perfect up to 100 because otherwise we can't have a business and I, and I talk to them and I say okay I'm now looking for an accountant or a tradesperson or a photographer do you really think that I'm gonna look at all of them and pick up the ones that look like Barbie or am I gonna pick up the one that knows the maths or knows how to take a photo and and they're like click <laughs> yeah it's amazing what our minds can can keep us and sabotage us from actually getting on with our life. And it and it really is a thought that somebody, usually somebody else has put in there. And because we're unaware of it, that is the part that keeps us stuck. Yeah. And it's familiar, isn't it? And our mind likes what is familiar. So if we haven't done it before, we're like reticent, well, that's not gonna work. But in the end of the day, when we try something new, actually, we shouldn't use the word try, we experiment with something new, because try means failure, possibly. Then we realize we can actually do a lot more. We can build our confidence. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. It's amazing. And like you said, the, the mind likes everything familiar and it likes to, to actually the what if, you know, to get into the negatives. And so, you know, because the worst case scenarios and that is where people get rolling on that, you know, the if this bad thing happens and that bad thing will happen, they don't realize that it's just their mind that is keeping them in that, you know, in, in safety basically is trying to keep them alive. So, so I do believe that a lot of what I do, what we do starts with a conversation of, of explaining how our minds work to people, because I never knew this before this tragedy happened to me. This was something I learned. And once I did, it's, it's so fascinating because it runs 90% of our life. Yet we think that we know what we're, we're doing by just logically uh, you know coming up with our answers and that's not the part that's keeping us stuck yeah. it is true we are creatures of habits and we love to do always the same things in the same way but sometimes change is good change is warrant we need it now so i'm so thankful for the time we had together karen and um you know maybe you have a website that you would like us to know about do you have a place where we can find you right it, it, it is coachkarenhill.com and it's karen spelled with an i okay k-a-r-i-n okay yeah. that's brilliant so guys i hope you, you enjoyed this amazing interview and you've learned a lot of pointers about not just positive thinking but accurate thinking which is what we need to understand it sometimes in our mind we don't have any accurate thinking we are seeing everything biased and we can learn so much about overcoming trauma overcoming self-beliefs that are not very useful anymore and you know move beyond this self-sabotage and procrastination etc so i'm thankful for you thank you so much for being in the show thank you franz i appreciate it and guys please share this episode with all your friends and go and visit the website there will be links under all the description of a of the program today so please check us out and if you have any questions 
feel free to contact either me or Karin to have a very, very fun, interesting and eye-opening consultation. They will really give you the chance to understand your huge potential. So thank you for being with us and have a lovely day. Take care. Bye. Bye. You listen to Create with Franz Sidney.